This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us to the podcast once again today. Sean Bolson uh, joining me on the phone as I'm in North Dakota here for uh, a couple of weeks and then uh, back home uh, kind of middle of next week or so and and for a bit after that and and hopefully uh, going to be home full-time here before too long and and Sean Wally you know we're getting into the golf season boy the the Wilmer boys golf team is off to a terrific start they have some some uh, great young players on that squad and and uh, we're getting out and playing a little golf finally spring has arrived it only took until May was all but how has the course been there at Eagle Creek? Uh, course has been really good. Uh, played yesterday and it was fun. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, my daughter Hattie's on the varsity team at New London, and oh, they've great. been traveling around to a lot of courses, and yeah. they've been playing a lot because you know the, the spring got com- compressed. Yeah. Uh, they actually had a meet at Litchfield on uh, in the morning one day, and a meet at Little Crow in the afternoon. They had yeah. two nine-hole meets, so very interesting how. Uh, compressed it's gotten but uh, as far as the wilmer boys i know they won a really big clc meet they did. in quite a while yeah and then uh yeah but i think the courses the shot of rain yesterday we had a little rain delay uh-huh. uh the shot of rain was super nice and now we're going to get some heat and everything can grow and i think things are going to green up and we're going to be on track what uh what's your first uh, tournament you've got coming up anything in the in the works yet yeah, I'm sure I'll play in the shortstops. Uh, those are generally uh, the first week in June. Uh-huh. The, the two shortstops, then, you know, you always have the Lakeland. I'll try one of the qualifiers for the state amp. I mean, I'd, I'll try some of that. I mean, we live here during the winter only for our summer, so you might as well enjoy it and try something out, right? <laughs> That's right. And, hey, we've got the Pro-Am coming up, our third annual uh, Pro-Am. We're going to play that up at uh, Little Crow this year, uh, the yep. uh, KWLM Pro-Am, and we'll, hopefully our team can move up the ranks a little bit from where we finished What's the first the two years. Thursday, yeah. July 6th is the, is the date for our, for our Pro-Am yeah. this year. Yep. It's always a fun event. Yeah, it is. We have to float the date a little bit sometimes because you got to kind of fit it into the pro-am schedule that's going on with the MGA. So uh, Snow does a good job of scheduling that for us. And we're going to play it up at Little Crow this year and, and benefit the, uh, um, uh, I think, the New London Spicer Junior Golf, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this year. So uh, they might do some kind of an alternating thing. I don't know. Our man Snow is kind of in charge of that. We're just the sponsors at KWLM. And for you and I, we're just kind of like to play in the in the event. So uh, Sue Han and Grimm will come out and play. So we'll look forward to that coming up uh, in July as well. And Sean, that's actually right before the Palmer Kai's tournament there at Redwood Valley, uh, which I, I know you like to play, and I certainly do too. Yeah, I do. That's another course at uh, Redwood Falls. That's a lot of fun. That's, uh, you know, uh, we, we're very fortunate to be in an area uh, of the state where, you know, within an hour we have so many fun tournaments. I know yeah. a lot of the boys, uh, uh, Brady Matson and my son Ethan and Carter and then Danny and Pete uh, just got back from playing the uh, – uh, Sleepy Eye scramble okay. over the weekend, which had a heck of a turnout. If you, if you go within an hour, hour and 15 minutes, you can find tournaments almost every weekend, and they're extremely fun. And like I said, we wait all winter for this, so you see a lot of people take advantage of them. You get to see a lot of nice courses, and, and golf in West Central and Southern Minnesota is, you know, super nice. Once you get inside that, that 494, 694 loop in the cities, 
you know, your prices just jump up greatly. Yeah, yeah. And and we have very, what you'd call affordable golf on some very fun courses out here. So yeah. very fortunate to have a Redwood and a Little Crow and a Wilmer and a Jackpot and, you know, all these yeah. other courses are fun. You know, Raymond has this tournament that sells out every single year, you know, a nine-hole course just west of here, you know, and to be able to even get support for courses like that, it's just exciting to see how people support it and enjoy the courses here. Yeah, no doubt. Looking forward to it, certainly. And and I really appreciate Minnesota golf when I come up here to Devil's Lake. Uh, I mean, the, the they get started so late, for one thing. But there isn't, a, you know, the, there isn't as many towns. There's not as much population. So clearly there's not as many golf courses. But, you know, the Devil's Lake course is the best one for quite a few miles around. It's the only 18-hole course for, for you know, 100 miles maybe or 50 miles maybe uh, in radius. So And, and they just opened it on Friday was their first day. So it's still kind of furry. Uh, I, I suspect I'm going to struggle putting when I get back to Minnesota because, I mean, it's almost a full shoulder turn to get putts to go 30 feet on the greens yeah. up here right now because they're they're so slow. Um, but uh, as we know, the courses in Minnesota, I mean, we're pretty spoiled. You know, I, I come up here in particular and, and travel other places too, and we have so many great courses in West Central Minnesota there that, that are so playable and in such good condition. You know, all the guys uh, keep uh, 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 the courses in, in great shape. You know, we're really pretty lucky. We are. We are. And like I said, you get an hour and a half straight east of here and all of a sudden your membership's going up, you know, 75 to 100 percent from what we pay out here. So, yeah, very fortunate. Yeah. Have you been uh, what have you been watching uh, sporting wise on on television at all? Are you you know, for me, uh, I I, I do watch the NBA playoffs still. I I enjoy that because I I like Steph Curry. I like to watch him and and LeBron and, and all the good uh, players in the NBA and the playoffs. I, I don't follow the NHL playoffs as closely uh, once the Wild are eliminated. When the Wild are still playing, yeah, that I'm watching to see, well, who might they match up against? And you're watching the, the Wild games, of course. But once they're out, I kind of don't really pay as close yeah. of attention to the NHL playoffs. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I play attention to it. You know, uh, the Carolina-New Jersey series, Carolina's really good. And then I think kind of the surprise, you know, we lost to Dallas. Well, then all of a sudden you got uh, the Kraken uh, with a with a lead in that series. So I mean, kind of exciting. And and Vegas and Edmonton is uh, you know a good series, entertaining to watch. And probably the most entertaining one is Toronto, Florida. Toronto was supposed to you know take care of Florida. They're down three zero. So um, yes, it's been fun. I've been watching a little bit of NBA too. Yeah. Um, not as excited about that. I, I do think the uh, uh, the Lakers, I, I'm not a LeBron fan, and so cheering hard for Golden State and so yeah. seeing Le- LeBron's look really good. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, th- th- that's provided some definite uh, entertainment because they're really good games. The one I will say I was surprised about is I thought the Celtics were going to make a run, and here actually they're facing uh, elimination yeah. in the next game. So, um, yeah. This time of year, getting some of the playoffs is fun. Baseball, I like the beginning. There's a little bit of a lull here for me as other activities and golf ramps up. And then, obviously, that gets more exciting for me a little later in the year. So, you know, I'm enjoying the outdoor activities uh, more than watching TV, including Friday night, midnight. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, yeah. We'll be, be casting for fishing opener, kind of a tradition. So, right. yeah, I don't know. Lots, lots to do. It's fun to have options because it's not – 30 below and gets dark at four o'clock i'm excited yeah you know uh, my mom lives in the phoenix area and arizona does not observe uh daylight savings time they stay on standard time uh, year round so that uh, i'm always asking her what time is it again in phoenix right now 
Now, it helped being me this year since I was out there uh, for a couple of weeks. But uh, well, I wasn't there for a couple of weeks. I was there uh, for a week and uh, played some golf out there. I know you're more of a Florida guy, especially now that you have a place down there. But have you played any? Have you been out to Arizona and played any golf out there? Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it's good. Um, I'm more of a water guy than a desert yeah. guy, but I, I have a lot of friends that really enjoy uh, Florida or uh, Arizona. And so, um, yeah, I think it's nice to have uh, a three-plus-hour plane ride to two spots that you can go enjoy golf and mm-hmm. have better weather. So, yeah. uh, you know, at, at in the dead of the winter, I think you go either spot and you're happy. Yeah, so uh, uh, Snow gave me a recommendation on a course to play there in the West Valley. That's where my mom lives, is kind of the northwest side. So I like to stay on that side because Phoenix has got plenty of traffic, as every major uh, city does. But um, So we played this one called Wigwam, and they have three golf courses there. Uh, they're all color names, and Gold is the one he recommended. That's their best course uh, out there. So, so when you go on vacation, I don't, well, you're, you're, you know, you probably always play the tips. Would that be fair to say? Do you always play the I, furthest back? I do. Tees? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, uh, a little older, so I don't really want to torture myself. I don't know that I have the game for 70. I think what was the tips at Wigwam? I want to say it was 7,500 yards. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have the game for 7,500 yards. Well, so. a, a lot of us don't have the game for 7,500 yards. <laughs> That's right. But yes, I do still attempt. <laughs> That's a monster long course. So, you know, the PGA has been talking about, or the, the, the Rules Making Committee, the RNA, and the, uh, talking about limiting the um, flight of golf balls because they're, they're running out of room. They have to keep making golf courses larger and larger to support these big bangers on the PGA Tour who are hitting it so rude routinely 350 to 370 yards so everything is 7300 yards and up if it's less than that it's considered a short course on the pga tour so they've they've looked at the golf ball technology and how it keeps advancing and keeps flying further and straighter and they're thinking about reeling that in a little bit and taking uh, the golf ball back a few uh, years to uh, flight distances from, you know, 10 or 15 years ago rather than where they've gotten to now. Would you be in favor of uh, limiting how far a golf ball can fly? I, I, I don't know that I am because, you know what, you, you don't want to uh, – you're not going to do that to amateurs. I think you're going to have yep. – you're going to want it to be just, you know, one ball. And if you look at the scores, they've improved some, but it's not like over the past 30 years, like golf all of a sudden now is hole-in-one after Mm hole-in-one. I mean, technology improves, balls improve. Yes, it flies longer, um, but if you look at some of those courses like uh, Colonial, okay, Mm -hmm. a short course but Mm tree-lined, well, some of those big, long hitters struggle there because you have to be accurate. Mm -hmm. I think what you can do is you could slowly implement – uh, changing the courses, meaning, you know, maybe you don't have to make them so long, make them a little tighter make, you know, there's always going to be different styles. You have bombers courses, you know, um, these guys hitting it, you know, crazy long, they're not winning every week. You're still seeing, you know, your, your average tour guys, uh, winning it that aren't hitting it that far. Now, could it get out of control? Yeah. Some might say it already has, Mm -hmm. Um, but you see a lot of work on the bodies. Remember when DeChambeau was hitting it that far? Yeah. Well, I mean, he was having five eggs every morning and lifting weights, and he was, you know, put on 50 pounds. And mm-hmm. you're always going to have athletes that are going to improve like that. But golf, there's so much more to it than driving. There's just so much more to it. Mm-hmm. 
And and I think part I think they're getting some pushback from golf course designers um, because they they just see it continuing, and before long they see there'll be players averaging 400 yards off the tee, and they're saying we we can't keep making golf courses larger. It's expensive to to keep redoing golf courses, and we could see 8,000 yards become the norm on the PGA Tour within about five years. Uh, and and uh, I think that's where some of the pushback is coming from. I, I don't think that they would do any of that for amateur players, just for PGA Tour professionals, where their golf ball would have to pass and inspection. And, uh, you know, the, the distance the ball flight flies, though, and you know this, Sean, it, isn't, it doesn't just help your driver. You know, if you can hit a wedge 175 yards too, uh, that helps your game as well because you can throw the ball higher in the air. I don't know how I feel about it uh, necessarily. I'm kind of on your side right now. But if it keeps going this way and all of a sudden you have players hitting the ball 380 yards on average, then it then it, it might get to be uh, a little bit too much. But, yeah, the scoring hasn't dropped dramatically over the last 10 no. years. No, it hasn't. And I, I did pull it up now. Rory McIlroy at three twenty eight point two is the it, you know he, he right now is your uh, your leader. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so you know, yeah. I mean, it's not like scoring's gone to you know thirty under. So yeah. I don't know. It's it is kind of entertaining to watch how far these guys can hit the ball too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a wall factor in it. Yeah, no doubt, and that's uh, it's been talked about, and and there's been some PGA Tour players that have that have spoken out against that as well. You know, it's funny you uh, mentioned Bryson DeChambeau, and and he bulked up. He got he got away from that. Uh, he's back to his original body right. uh, before he put on all the weight and muscle and and mass. And they they say that uh, you know on the PGA Tour and that mass equals fast. So if you have some size to you, you should be able to go faster. And DeChambeau did, but he just found it to be a little too unhealthy. He was carrying too much weight. And so he got rid of that. But, um, you know, it's, it's been interesting. And I, I continue to watch uh, both tours. Uh, part of the reason that the, the, the Live Golf Tour is harder to watch is the TV production value is so poor. I feel bad for David Faraday. Uh, he throws in a, a a funny comment once in a while, but but he's kind of a, a man on an island. Uh, their other announcers are are not very good. They're Europeans. I, I think part of it is it's a European model. Uh, the they call it the pylon on the left side of the of your television screen where it lists the leaders and so forth. Greg Norman said everything that they're doing uh, in terms of TV production is based on Formula One racing. Well, that's an international series, and it, and live as an international tour. So I'm not sure that the TV production it's not helping them gain viewers when they run that on no. the weekend, and it's so poor. Well, and it seems almost like the quality of the feed is so much different. Yep. yep. Um, you know how the PGA it looks like super green and just super, you know, the the courses aren't doing it any. You know, I, I would say it's not helping at all either because some of the courses are playing. Uh, don't look as beautiful as the ones they're playing on the PGA tour. And then, you know, where the TV towers are. And so, you know, the, the TV production has to get a lot better and yep. they have to take that crud off the left side of the screen. What's showing like some team standings and, and then it shows the guy and what is he, is it today? Is it overall? Uh, I think it's, it's extremely poor and I can't believe that with, People that much money invest in the league. There aren't people around saying, "Hey, get this off and make it look." You you just need it to look a lot more like the PGA Tour looks because that's a really good setup. And and 
It is entertaining to watch because I like some of their players. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're on a channel for me. It's channel 23, which before this I had never been to before. <laughs> right. And then j- just the quality of the picture and that screen is so busy with all that stuff on the left. I don't care for it. Yeah. And, and again, it's it's a it's a Euro it's a it's a international based league, so they're going to do things more in international style. And I, I'm with you. I prefer the way that the that the PGA does it with their uh, TV broadcasts and their partners. But um, you know, it doesn't. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to stick with what they're doing, which is this Formula One model with that pylon on the left, uh, which I've kind of gotten used to. But for me, their their on course announcers are so poor. I mean, they just have nothing to say. You don't know who they are. They don't have any credentials uh, to be out there. Uh, I was watching the tournament uh, uh, that they had in Tucson, maybe, or I can't remember yeah. quite. And all of a sudden, they, they show Phil Mickelson, and he's in a bunker hitting his fifth shot on a par five. So they go to the gal who's the on-course reporter following Mickelson's group, and they ask her, uh, you're down there. Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, so-and-so, yeah. uh, what, what what's happening? And she goes to her notes and talks about what Phil Mickelson did in his pre, uh, pre-round routine. She, she didn't even know what they were asking him about. She had no idea uh, what was going on, just completely clueless, and just goes to a canned uh, that she had something written on a card that she read about Mickelson and his warm-up before the round that day. And I thought to myself, what, what are they doing? Until they improve this, their announcers are, are terrible outside of Faraday. Yeah. And even he is a fish out of water because he's made to look better by the production value of CBS or whatever network he happens to be on, the, the Golf Channel or what have you, because they help him with stats and numbers and the other announcers lead him to him better so he can use his personality uh, more effectively. So even he uh, hasn't been up to his usual greatness uh, during right. the, the course of those live broadcasts. I don't know. They got to change something. They do. I agree. Yeah. Hey, uh, Sean, what do you have uh, this week? Any uh, plans? Are you traveling or anything coming up? No, I'm going to have a uh, bonfire at my house and do a little casting at uh, midnight for a uh, fishing opener or yeah, something sure. me and my buddy Rick have done. And, yeah. and uh, that'll be kind of fun. Cade uh, comes home on Thursday, so looking forward to that. Uh, he heads back down to Mankato uh, in June. Um, so he'll meet all his new teammates, those that he doesn't know. And so I'll look forward to having them around and enjoying some of this weather. And I mean, lots to do, lots of exciting things that we can do outside fishing opener. I didn't remember that you were a fisherman. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've always been, now I used to, I bought a, um, a fishing boat, but then since then my kids have, have, uh, aged and the fishing boat has long ago, uh, it's disappeared, (laughs) but my buddy Rick, um, goes out in the mornings and you know i'll head out with them a couple saturday mornings and then sure. we, fishing openers always kind of fun so. yeah yeah hey sean thanks so much as always we'll talk again next week thanks dad sean bolson joining us on the todd and friends podcast it's brought to you by heritage bank member fdic an equal housing lender watch for future episodes of the todd and friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at kwlm 1340 a.m and 96.3 fm